So what happens when we come out of the fog? We see the lay of the land. What happens when we start to write the final chapters? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. So the holidays have come and gone, and I certainly hope that everybody survived, that everybody is emotionally intact. I have to say that I feel like I am. I feel like I've taken some further steps toward writing my final chapters. And what do I mean by that? I think as time has progressed over 20 years, about 21, almost 22 years of being involved in a relationship with my wife, who is a cluster B. Is she borderline? Is she a narcissist? Does she have comorbidity between the two? I will probably never know. And neither perhaps will you. But I do recognize that this relationship is dysfunctional. It's disordered. It's dysregulated. I've talked about triple D in a lot of my podcasts and it is anybody looking at this relationship would recognize that this is not a normal relationship if they peeled the layers back. And to that point, I will share with you an interesting experience talking about gut feelings. And a lot of us talk about the fact that we don't trust our gut. It's interesting. When I listen to other people's stories, they will relate the fact that their gut told them not to get involved in a relationship with this person. They felt they went against the grain. They went against their gut. Well, I have to say that my gut was very naive when I met my wife. There was no gut feeling. There was the, I want to ride in on the white magnificent steed and I want to be the knight in shining armor and I want to rescue my wife. I want to fix her. I want to make her, I want to make her whole again. I want to make her see that there's a person out there that can repair her from all the horrible things that happened in her life leading up to our meeting. But as time went on, I realized obviously I can't do that. And so there wasn't a gut feeling. I can't share with you. I can't say to you, oh, my gut told me not to date this person or, oh, well, you know, when I met her, I had an initial feeling that I don't, you know, I shouldn't continue with her. I saw it as a challenge. I saw it as Mr. Fix it, that I'm going to fix her. Like I was going to fix everybody else. And that's why I've talked about people, you know, who find whole people like me, I, I would find a whole person, a person that wasn't broken. And it would be a huge turnoff to me because that person didn't need to be fixed. And I'm a fixer. I'm going to rescue somebody. Well, now I realize that that's a huge mistake and I've wasted a lot of my life trying to fix people. And when it comes down to it, if that person doesn't want to be fixed, it's just not going to happen. So it was interesting. I decided, and just to give you a little backstory, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, welcome and thank you very much. But my wife of 20 years left our bedroom about a year and a half ago and she never came back. And she's living in a separate room. So she didn't physically leave the house. She just left the bedroom. So Christmas has come along. The, the, you know, holiday time has come along. We have people coming in from out of town and I decided, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to ask my wife to spend some time with me in our, I guess my room, which was the former master bedroom where we did share a bed. And I figured, you know, I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her to spend some time with me because our daughter was coming in from out of town and you know, we needed the extra bed for her where my wife sleeps. 
So leading up to this point, I decided, you know, I'm going to ask her, I'm going to ask her, I'm going to ask her, Hey, it would make me really happy if you would spend some time with me, if you would spend some nights with me, not, not to have sex. I was not thinking I wanted to have sex with her. I, I, I just wanted to be next to her. I wanted to, you know, share some, uh, maybe become a little bit more intimate, not in the sexual sense, but in the fact that she's together with me in our bed. And I felt, I, I, I felt so hesitant. There was my gut checking in. Don't do it. My gut said, don't do it. Don't do it. And it was a defense mechanism because I knew that chances are I would be rejected, that maybe I would trigger my wife. This is the walking on eggshell syndrome. What would be the result of her being asked by me to come back to the bedroom and spend some time with me? And I dreaded it. And I, and there were so many times when we were together and I was going to ask her and then I decided, yeah, no, no, I'm going to put it off because my gut was saying, don't do it. And I had to push myself. So finally, the day before our daughter coming in from out of town, I finally wrestled up enough courage because remember I'm codependent formerly and still kind of severing those ties, writing the final chapters, the title of this podcast of our relationship. And so I was just, I I just, I said, you know, I got to go for it. I got to do it because I, I have to really know where my wife's mind is. Is she still stuck a year and a half ago when she stormed out of the bedroom and maybe she's standing on ceremony. Maybe she's asking for an invitation. I didn't know, but I didn't want to ask and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And finally I did. I asked her, I said, you know what? I said, I would really be happy if you would spend some time with me when our daughter comes into town. And her first reaction was where? So she didn't get it. So I said, well, I would really be, you know, very happy if you would um, stay a couple of nights with me. And my wife made a face of disgust. And she said, that's weird. And that reaction I didn't expect. I either expected her to say, no, I'll pass. Or, okay, yeah, that sounds like an interesting idea. You know, we haven't been together in a long time. But instead, there was a look of disgust. And she said, that's weird. And I said, oh, okay. I wasn't hurt by that reaction. I was fully prepared for the rejection. I did not assume that she was going to say yes. But I wanted confirmation of where this relationship is. And she continued to say, well, it's because, and then it became my fault. So here I am asking her to spend some time with me. I'm asking her to sleep with me, but not sleep with me in the sexual sense. Just be with me. And my wife started to make comments that she can't do that. Then she's like, well, don't you want to know why? And I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. This could lead to an argument. This could be an emotional landmine. I don't want to step on it. So I'm like, okay. I said, look, I understand you, you, you know, you don't want to do it. I understand your discomfort. Well, she proceeded to tell me that the reason why she couldn't stay with me is because that wasn't her room anymore. There was nothing in that room that was hers. And it would be like, as if we were dating when we were dating, obviously, and she came to stay with me, there was nothing of hers in the room. And so that's why she wasn't comfortable 
She felt claustrophobic. Now let's think about that statement. She didn't want to stay with me because there was nothing of hers in the room when she was the one who took everything that was hers a year and a half ago out of the room and proceeded to set up a separate room. She proceeded to tell me that this was my room. And maybe in the new house, when we move, so here we go, some future faking thrown in, but not complete because it's a maybe that might change. Does that make any sense to you? What kind of reaction is that? Is that somebody who wants to work on the relationship? The answer is positively no. Is that somebody who cares about me? The answer is no. I phrased the question. I framed the question for my benefit because I felt like I would have gone in making excuses. Well, hey, you know, it gets crowded and oh, you know, I guess you don't want to be in the same room. Well, bear in mind that my wife is sleeping with our 29 year old daughter. And I retorted back. I pushed back and I said to her, don't you think it's weird that you're sleeping with our 29 year old daughter? And she didn't have a whole lot to say on that. She didn't really, you know, she kind of looked at me and kind of acknowledged that it is strange because it kind of is, at least in my mind. But she didn't make any bones about it. And that was the end of the conversation. So essentially she took my request and made it my problem and made it my fault. Folks, this is how you this is how you have to expect how you're going to deal with your cluster B. It will never be their fault. And again, it really doesn't matter whether they're borderline or whether they're a narcissist. It's never their fault. They can't accept fault. And if they do, it's because, again, going back to the narcissist prayer, it's because you deserved it. So if she felt guilty, it's because I deserved it. And as I was making my bed that evening and putting on a heated blanket, she was like, well, you know, when we move uh, this bed, you know, I'd like to have a king size bed. And I'm thinking, why does she want a king size bed if she's sleeping by herself? And, you know, this one could go to our youngest daughter. So again, here we go, the future faking and the sort of justification of her behaviors. Think about it. Myinnertorch at gmail.com. Thank you for making this a growing podcast. And again, please do feel free to leave a five-star review on whichever platform you happen to be listening to this podcast. It's much appreciated because I think it does help raise awareness and it helps people come out of the fog because that's the most important thing. And so, yeah, did I set myself up for failure? Did I set myself up for hurt? No, I went into it knowing, trusting my gut that this was not going to be a good outcome for me, but I wanted confirmation in my own mind as I begin to write the final chapters of this relationship that I know in my own mind that it's not just me, it's her as well. So I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of somebody who never really cared, who never really loved because she doesn't have the capacity to do so, and who looks at relationships as disposable mediums. She's hung around long enough because I think she understands that her options are limited. And as we get older, she continues to feel that. She's reminded of her own mortality, and therefore she will settle. This is why, well, maybe in the next house, things might be different. 
Maybe she will be in the same bedroom and well, maybe she won't, but maybe she won't have that option because maybe just maybe those final chapters will be written by me and I will determine the outcome. Be well. And in whatever you do, be good. This has been my inner torch. 